Happy 4th of July, Chase Oaks. It is so good to be with you wherever you are watching this message from. Listen, I know that this weekend could be busy for you, but thank you so much for just taking an hour out of your weekend to spend with us. My hope and prayer is that today's message uh, would be helpful for the season that you and I live in. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been in a series called Songs of Summer, Real Life in the Book of Psalms. If you've never read the Book of Psalms, Trust me, uh, it, it is one of my favorite books in the Bible because uh, no matter what kind of mood you find yourself in, you will be able to find your mood in the book of Psalms. Psalms uh, is primarily written by a guy named David and some other uh, musicians and poets and other uh, uh, people uh, that were kind of friends of David and a part of a choir. So there's a bunch uh, of Psalms, there's 150 of them, um, mostly written by David, and his mood is constantly changing. There are times where David is going, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. And he is very grateful for the position that he has found himself in in life. Then there's other times, uh, like in Psalms chapter 3, uh, David says, break their jaws, O oh God. Let, let their teeth shudder in their mouth. You're going, David, what is going on? Listen, whatever kind of mood you find yourself in today, I want you to know uh, you, you, you have someone that you can relate to in Scripture. Um, in today's day and age, as we're trying to navigate a roller coaster of emotions, as we're trying to navigate a, a pandemic still, uh, we can find ourselves in different moods every single day. I, I love when I see a person who has uh, been sheltered in place. They never left their house, and they meet somebody that never sheltered in place, and they go to, like, shake hands, and they're like, whoa, but, I mean, like, has anybody tried to hug you or get up on you in a, in a second? You're like, man, listen, I don't know where you've been. And, and during this time, as we try and navigate the season, I believe that there are moments in Scripture that can steady us, that can ground us. And I believe that what we find in today's psalm, which is Psalm 62, uh, this is the title of that psalm. It says, a calm resolve to wait for the salvation of God. A calm resolve. Is there anybody watching this message right now that couldn't use a little bit of a calm resolve? As we try and encounter people that, you know, are you pro-mask, are you anti-mask? As we try and navigate a season of politics, as we try and navigate conversations around racism, is there anybody that couldn't use a little bit of calm resolve from God? I want us to look at the first couple of verses here in Psalms chapter 62. It says, truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. One of the first questions I want to ask you this weekend is this, is uh, what's your rock? What's the thing that you run to? What's the thing that you feel like close to where you can kind of go, man, this, this is kind of a foundation for me. I love how it says it in another translation. It says, he alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me for he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles 
multiply around me. I mean, I wouldn't just ask you what's your rock. I would also ask you what's your safe place. You know, we all got that that family member, that friend that we can kind of go to and they just kind of always take care of us. They kind of always have everything just taken care of for us and we just we can feel safe in their presence. Ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to know is God wants to be that for every single one of us. He wants to be the safe place, the, the person that we run to in times of trouble. And, and the reason is, is because did you see what it just said? It said that even when troubles around me multiply, like I won't let worry paralyze me. And, and you know what? When we run to God, here's what's available to us. It's a life available to us where our troubles can multiply and our anxiety can decrease. That's the unique value proposition that God offers to each and every one of us. He's going, run to me. Don't go running to another person. Don't go running to another show. Don't just Netflix your way out of it. Don't just go, well, I'm just going to wait for things to go back to normal. My invitation for you today is this, is would you run to God? Would you run to Him and let Him be your safe place. I think we, we have to beware of worrying to the point of not being able to move forward. David says, why would I let worry paralyze me? I, I think some of us, man, we, we've allowed 2020 to keep us from moving forward. And there is some legitimate level of worry. I mean, when we're trying to figure out what's going to happen with our kids and are we going to send them to school and, and are we going to homeschool and how are we going to do that and work and me and my wife are having that discussion right now and, and a part of it is like man you mean like he going to be homeschool homeschool like he ain't going to never leave the house like what I mean how is how is this going to work but it can't keep us from moving forward I mean I just a couple of days ago I just changed my mentality I said you know what if we're going to homeschool our kid guess what it's going to be the best homeschool in the city, okay? I promise you that, okay? Your, your homeschool ain't going to be as, as cool as mine, okay? Like, my homeschool is going to be off the chain. In fact, I believe there's going to be other kids that are going to be trying to jump in our homeschool. I'm going to say, hey, it's $50,000 a week, okay, to, to jump in our homeschool. You can't just be coming to my house whenever you feel like it. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we get to decide how we move forward. I'm not saying that the future is is just so clear and we know exactly what's going to happen. No, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm telling you is we get to have a choice about the attitude that we're going to have in the midst of a season that is very unknown. As for me and my house, what we've decided to do is we're going to go to God to be our safe place. And even if all around us, if, if our troubles multiply, that our God could be there and he could steady our hearts. I love Psalm 62, verse 3, says in the, in the Passion Translation, it says, But look at these who want me dead, shouting their vicious threats at me. The moment they discover my weakness, they all begin plotting to take me down. Liars, hypocrites, with nothing good to say. All of their energies are spent on moving me from this exalted place. Pause in 
His presence. In most translations, what we see is this word, Selah. It is a pause in the Scripture. It is a pause in the moment to go, wait a second. Let me just breathe a little bit. You know what I like to say about Selah? It's the thing we all know we need and sometimes neglect the most. A moment to just pause. Psalm 62 is an invitation for each and every one of us to see that trouble can be all around us, that Facebook comments can be all around us, uh, volatile uh, language can be all around us. Yet, in that moment, we have the ability to say, we have an ability to pause in his presence, and for us to pause in his presence, we have to invite his presence into our circumstance and into our situation and into our homes. And when we do that, it changes the game. Ladies and gentlemen, I love what he says next in verse 5. He says, my soul, wait silently for God alone. Wait silently for God alone. He's now talking to his soul. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it can seem crazy. Like, you over there talking to yourself, sometimes you need to have a little bit self-talk. Sometimes you need to talk to your soul because most of us will live in 2020 and allow 2020 to just kind of happen to our soul and we will just kind of respond however the year is telling us to respond. But David had a moment in his life where he said, no, 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 no. I'm going to tell my soul what to do. And he says, soul, wait silently for God alone. You know the thing? That I have to tell my soul often. (laughs) Simple. (laughs) Slow down. Soul, slow, slow down. (laughs) Be patient. Because I want things to change so fast. And I want things to happen faster than, than they often do. But the slowness is good for my soul. Ladies and gentlemen, what we tell ourselves about ourselves is one of the most important conversations we'll have all week. I mean, what we're telling ourselves and what we're speaking into our own souls is vitally important. Some of us have been saying some things that have torpedoed our destiny and our future Because we've been rehearsing some toxic lines that maybe we heard from somebody else or maybe that we've drummed up and we're not skinny enough, we don't look good enough, I'll never be this or that. Let me ask you this question. What have we said about ourselves lately that we would never say about someone we love? We would never look at someone we love and say the things that we often say to the mirror. What I want to encourage you to do this weekend is have a little talk with your soul. And can you imagine when we tell our souls, hey, soul, wait patiently for God. Wait patiently for God. I love what it says in verse 5. It continues. It says, for my expectation is from him. My expectation is from him. Some of us are watching this message. Just for that line alone. Because we have expectations everywhere else but for God. A lot of our relationships, I believe that they they fail because 
we put a godlike expectation on a finite human. <laughs> I was I was sitting with this guy the other day, and he was uh, he was frustrated. He, he he was mad at somebody. So I, I I changed the subject, started talking about somebody else, and then he was mad he was mad at them. Then I, I changed the subject again, started talking about sports, and he he got mad at somebody in the sports world. And then we moved to politics, and then he he got mad at somebody in. Po- at one point, I was like, I don't know how many times I can change the subject. And eventually he said to me, he goes, well, Ryan, I guess I'm mad at everybody. Isn't it amazing how fast we can get there? We can get to a place where we're frustrated with the world around us because we've got expectations all over the place for everybody else but us. In fact, we often tolerate mediocrity in our own lives and expect excellence from everyone else. Isn't it true? I mean, we have high expectations for friends. Oh, you got that one friend that got friend rules you weren't even aware of? Like, they just expect you, oh, loyalty. Okay, well, how are we going to define loyalty? Oh, well, loyalty means that, you know what, if I kill somebody, you're going to help me bury the body. Or I could call the police because that would be good for you to learn. your. Like, it's like, what, what in the world? Who's making... These friend rules. It's like, if you were really my friend, you would. Man, a friend would be honest with you. Unless you know when you have a problem. <laughs> we got high expectations for love. It doesn't matter what your relationship status is on this one. I talk to people that are, are trying to date mid-COVID, mid-pandemic, and, and, and it doesn't matter if, if I'm talking to men or women, there is this expectation that they had when they went on this date. And for some odd reason, it just isn't. Man, they just haven't found that person that is good enough. I've talked to people who are dating. And again, once again, we're looking at these expectations. And it's just, man, when are they going to get it together? I mean, let's get to the married folk just for a moment. I mean, don't we have high expectations for our spouses? Some of us are frustrated right now in our marriage because we had an expectation of them to do something for us that only God can do in the first place. Some of us expected our spouse to make us happy, and God's going, that's my job. Some of us are waiting for, um, uh, 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 we have high expectations for leaders. Some of us are waiting for our boss to give us purpose. God's going, that's my job we've got expectations for government and we're looking for someone to give us some rules to live by god's going that's my job and what i want you to know this weekend is this is misplaced expectations will often breed dissension because when we put expectations on god That's actually how our relationship with God works. He wants us to have faith in him, not live in a constant perpetual cycle of being frustrated with everyone else around us. I see people all the time who get frustrated with what they're seeing on social media or seeing in the news. You know, it's so funny to me. This is what I believe. We should expect people who don't follow Jesus to live like people who don't follow Jesus. And we should expect people who do follow Jesus to live like people who follow Jesus. 
But sometimes we are shocked when people who don't follow Jesus act like people who don't follow Jesus. People are like, can you believe he would say that? I'm like, yeah. Why? Not because I think they're bad. It's just because I know exactly who I would be if I did not follow Jesus. And on some level, we have to come to grips with that. Every now and then, we've just got to look at our expectations and go, man, do we have expectations more for people than we do God? I mean, we've got to ask ourselves this question this weekend. What would happen in our lives if our expectations for each other decrease? And our expectations for God increase. I want to encourage you this weekend, this 4th of July weekend, if you really want to be free and not just play with firecrackers or sparklers, if, if you really want to do that, I think you might need to reset your expectations. I love that David said, David said, for my expectation is with God. Verse 10 says this. It says, Do not trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. I love what it says in, in the New Living Translation. It says, Don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. It's a great saying. But don't we all know somebody in our life who has made money the center of theirs? It's easy to see in someone else. It's very difficult to see in the mirror. Ladies and gentlemen, what you need to know is this. Something or some person is going to be the center of your life. What we have to do on 4th of July weekend is ask ourselves, what's ours? David, a king. David, who was accustomed to wealth and riches. He's gone. I live long enough to know that sometimes wealth can increase. And perhaps, for some of us, this is a warning for the future. (laughs) And for others of us, This is where some of us are right now. For some people, ironically enough, mid-pandemic, their wealth increased. David's going, we got to watch it. We got to look at our hearts in that moment and go, wait just a minute. May I not set my heart on that? May I not tailor my life around wealth? That's something that you and I have to take to the Lord on a daily basis. And in fact, I believe that some of us won't find a calm resolve in our life until we make God the center of it. I love how this psalm ends. It says, God has spoken once, twice I have heard this. That power belongs to God. Also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy. For you render to each one according to his work. It's like... Uh, what, what I love about this is, is you can see God in one hand has power and with it comes mercy. And you can see when it's all mercy or it's all power how things can get out of control. 
God has the perfect balance of both of them. In other words, he's got it all in his hand. Power belongs to the Lord. If we really believe that, then we would run to him and not look to anyone else to try and save us and give us things that only God can give us. Uh, over, over barbecue this weekend, maybe this week over the dinner table, I, just, I got four questions I just want you to talk about. And, and the first question is this, uh, what, what's your safe place? I mean, what, what, where, where are you running to? What, 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 what's your thing? Well, the second question you could have with your family is, you know, what, what do you need to tell yourself? I mean, what, what, what's the self-talk that's been, been happening in, in your home? And, and maybe you pause for a moment as a leader of your home and you just go, hey, how's everybody doing? What, what, what's the song that's been sung over and over in your mind and in your heart? And, and then maybe... We look at, at, at this question, which is, um, where are your expectations? Where, where, are your, where are your expectations right now? And, and then uh, there's this question, and that's, what's the center of your life? I mean, what, what has your life been, been grounded on? I, I've... I've got this uh, friend of my wife and I's. Um, she's a single mom, and um, her her son's been battling cancer for a while. And they keep getting different diagnoses and keeps going back and forth. And can I just tell you... Uh, I'm consistently amazed at the amount of joy and the amount of peace that I see in their lives every time we see them. It makes absolutely no sense for someone that is constantly faced with the worry, the doubt, the thought of death. Is living. They've made, they've placed God in this place in their life where they've just made Him their firm foundation. And they just, it's just the two of them. They're just, they're just living. Like oddly, like, are, are you okay, happy? No, I'm, I'm. We're in a horrible situation, but God's with us. And we're, we're going to be okay. I just want every single person watching this message to know that there is a life available to you where your troubles can actually multiply and your anxiety could actually decrease. That things could actually get worse and your relationship with God gets stronger. We're not talking getting an exemption from a storm. We're talking about having an anchor in the storm. If you've never made Jesus the center of your life, I can't think of a better weekend to do it than on 4th of July weekend. Lord, I thank you so much for each and every person watching this message. I pray, God, that every single person watching this message 
would make you the Lord of their life. That they would make you the center of their life. That everything that they do, that they would base and move their life around exactly who you are. And as troubles may increase in this year, God, I pray that there would be peace that exists in the midst of that because we have made you the center of our life. That you would give us a calm resolve to wait patiently for you. That we wouldn't allow this year to dictate our movements and how we live and how we, how we breathe. May we patiently wait for you in this season. And would you continue to be the God that David ran to in a time of need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Happy Fourth of July, Chase Oaks.